I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Justin Bozak. Justin's the owner and partner of Remax Revolution, founded in 2018, and there's 160 agents with two offices and 14 staff. Um, there's some very impressive numbers here, Justin. I, I want to really kind of focus on you and your story and then um, kind of get to those numbers maybe as we go along. But first, I just want to say thanks for uh, coming on the show today. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me, Jason. And let's let's just start with with your background. Tell us about yourself. Tell us, you know, kind of where you came from and what got you into real estate. Sure. So uh, I've been real, in real estate for 20 years now. I'm 42. So I started uh, pretty young. Uh, working as a teenager at McDonald's, uh, went to college for accounting, figured out uh, within the first year that that was uh, something that uh, I wasn't really interested in. I liked the business. I liked numbers, but accounting uh, wasn't going to be the thing. I uh, took a job at a company called Aldi's, uh, quickly worked up uh, to become a store manager. I uh, was putting in probably about 70 to 80 hours a week, and uh, that included a drive time about an hour each way uh, into the city in North Jersey. Uh, so that um, growth in that position, I uh, was capped um, pretty young. And, uh, you know, I figured out in order to be a supervisor, I needed a four-year degree. I was making good money, but I figured this is not the life that I wanted to live. I uh, did a uh, report in high school uh, about uh, what do you want to be, you know, when you, when you obviously graduate or, or finish college. And I did uh, include real estate on there. And uh, that was something that obviously didn't have to technically uh, go to college for, uh, but I figured, let me give it a shot. Let me give it a try. I do uh, want to do something in in sales and in business, and uh, you know, jumped in and loved it immediately. Awesome. So you were you were 22 when you started uh, in real estate. Yeah, I got my nice. license at 21, and uh, right as I was turning 22, uh, I started working with uh, with my first company. Tell me a little bit about you know kind of how that that start is because I I know you know a lot. A lot, a lot of people, once they get their real estate license, I feel like you hear a lot of, you know, success stories and, you know, became the highest grossing agent and all of this stuff. But like, what's the beginning like? Because I've also heard people on, you know, the other side that are, that just couldn't break into it. So tell, tell people about kind of how that start went for you. So I broke in with a company that was kind of changing the way real estate was done. It was a discount brokerage. And uh, you just need your license to work there. But uh, to start, I was pretty much just on the phones, answering calls, setting appointments and things like that. I figured that's a good way to get into the business, get a secure salary uh, and be able to kind of learn. Obviously, at uh, 21, 22, you don't have a ton of people uh, around you saying, hey, sell me a house. Um, you know, you're, you're pretty young. So I figured, let me go. Let me go learn. Let me see what I can do. Um, immediately, they had like ranking systems and stuff for phone calls and conversions based on phone calls coming in. And uh, they were actually creating like a, a group uh, to just handle sellers all day. And I knew that the best of the best from, uh, you know, the the world in, in the company was going over to that team. And I was ranking really high. And I was, it was only like two weeks in. 
And uh, I said, okay, I mean, I understand I can't get over there because you guys already started that. Uh, I'm just going to stay after work and then just hang out and then just learn. And, uh, you know, from there, I jumped over to uh, to that team, uh, which is pretty much cold calling uh, all day um, and cold calling in the New York area. So Queens, Manhattan, uh, Brooklyn, uh, as well as North Jersey, which is probably one of the toughest uh, areas in the country to uh, to cold call, uh, especially if you're calling from Jersey, you know, at the Jersey Shore. Uh, we didn't have any connections, really, or I didn't have any personal connections up there. So it was just conversation based. And uh, then from there, they opened up things to uh, to have buyer's agents because at, at that time, the company only had listing agents. They did not have any buyer's agents. So uh, interviewed for that and uh, didn't get it right away because they wanted to keep me as a uh, cold caller because I was good at it. But I just kept pushing and they, they finally relented and uh, eventually became the uh, top buyer's agent in the company. Awesome. Awesome. And a couple of, you know, I think important things there for people listening is you, you got into a company that you, you know, sort of wanted to work with, but maybe didn't feel like you were in exactly the right position for yourself. You didn't quit. You didn't, you know, sort of give up, phone it in, that sort of thing. You figured out a way to, to make yourself more valuable to the company and then, you know, sort of move up or, or, you know, move to a different position from, from there. So I think, you know, a lot of people might have come into that situation and said, oh, this isn't the right place for me. I can't get the, you know, exact position I want right off the start. But realizing that, you know, putting the time in, you, you stayed stayed after work to learn. I mean, there are things that that you can do to make yourself more valuable to a company to move, to move up in the ranks, if you will, um, and kind of get that, you know, it, it's a momentum play, really. It's not like you need to go from, uh, <laughs> the starter position up to, you know, sort of CEO in one move, but you do need to look to creating value within that company. Um, so as the, so as the buyer's agent, is that, is that, that's all you did was just uh, represented buyers then? Correct. All okay. day, every day. So the listing agents in the company at any given moment would probably have 80 to hundred listings. And they pretty much would go in, sign a listing up, and then from there, uh, there's a tra transaction coordinator, uh, and then you had the original position, which I had, which were the new business consultants that would handle the servicing of dealing with the clients. Um, and you had even somebody that would negotiate, they were called a negotiator. So the listing agent would go in, and that was it. That was probably the last time that, that you'd pretty much hear from the listing agent. Uh, so, I mean, it was something that I didn't want to do because also... I knew the other end of it where I was booking the listing agents calendars and I knew like they were like nonstop, didn't have control of their day at all whatsoever. Uh, so I knew going into it and they had asked me to become a listing agent. I was like, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll be, a, you know, I want to continue to be a buyer's agent because I had control over my calendar. Yeah. And it, it's, a. I mean, as I've never been an agent, but I've been a, <laughs> I guess a buyer and a seller and sort of seen, you know, sort of both sides. And I think you, you, depending on the market, I suppose one side or the other might need more help. And and what, what time, where was like, what year was this or what years kind of approximately? Yeah. So 2004 to 2007. So 2007, okay. um, I was pretty much doing like 50, 60 buy deals a year, which is insane. Um, I still don't even know how I did it. I mean, it was literally just go, go, go all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, I didn't know any better, you know, and I just knew I just wanted to to work hard and, you know, provide for my family. 
but you know that was until the day the company decided that they were going to close the doors uh, and literally you know in one uh, quick move just laid off the entire company i guess the founders saw the writing on the wall for the economy and uh, at that point in time the company uh, which is called Foxen's very big company in uh, London in the UK. Uh, so they were trying to obviously make the transition to um, to United States, but uh, yeah, they uh, they were only profitable for two months the entire time they were open, and uh, it was a good concept, but they had too much overhead. There is too much corporate corporate um, overhead that was involved, and there was too much dead weight at the bottom as well. You know, so you had agents that were maybe doing, I don't know, 10 or 12 deals a year, but getting a salary, getting a company car, laptop and cell phone paid for, yeah. but they weren't really working hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, two, 2007 is a <laughs> an interesting time in, uh, you know, economic cycles. And we hit the, the Great Recession right after that. So so they closed the doors before the recession, I guess, technically hit, but, but, uh, sounds like, like your founders had some, some idea of what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, London had started to shift, um, pretty much before. So they, I guess he saw the writing on the wall and, uh, yeah, I mean, we had 400 agents, so everybody got laid off except the, uh, top corporate staff. And then what they did was they ended up like selling off like the listings and the deals to another company, Mm -hmm. which was crazy. Uh, so yeah, we had to start over from scratch. And I knew at that point as a buyer's agent, I knew, well, where am I going to get my leads now? Because all the leads were coming in pretty much inbound from people calling on our listings and I didn't have any listings. I had a couple of buyers that I was working with uh, so I can continue to work with them. But uh, I needed to put together a team to pretty much uh, you know, reinvent kind of what they had. So I called a bunch of the agents. Um, I actually hacked into the system to get, because they locked us out of the system too with all of our data. Yeah. <laughs> One of the um, vice presidents never changed his password. Uh, the the initial passwords they would give you was simple. It was like BOS, which is the name of the system. He never changed his password. So um, hacked into the system, got everybody's data, and just started sending everybody their uh, what we called valuations and all their contacts and stuff like that so they can go try to get that business back. And uh, was as I was doing that, I was asking agents, um, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay in the business? Like maybe we can kind of go to the same company and kind of have that team concept that we had of having a listing agent, having somebody cold calling and, and you know, getting uh, setting up the uh, sellers uh, with the listing agent. And then obviously I would deal with the buyers. So uh, it was like a fight or flight thing and uh, put together a team of six agents. And we all kind of came together, went to the same company and then executed and then you know, at that point in time, yeah, the market started to shift. Uh, we ended up uh, focusing on short sales because that was a new thing in the market. Nobody knew yeah. um, really how to do them. So we figured, hey, you know, we're kind of new uh, and on our own right now. So let's do something and, uh, you know, really cut our teeth and, and broke in doing that. That's that's great. I, I, I There's a common theme here is <laughs> seems that you're very resourceful and, and sort of, um, you know, made the best of of challenging situations, right? So, you know, a lot of people in real estate around 2007, 8, 9, 10, that so we're just, you know, completely out of the business or just sitting on the sidelines waiting. But but you found the opportunity there with short sales to, um, you know, create value for uh, homeowners and then also, you know, for yourself, for your company. Um, so, what what kind of happened from there? How did you how did you grow and scale that um, over time? Because now we're uh, well, we're two thousand we're 
yeah, over 10, 12 years. 2012, you know, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're 10 or 12 years and uh, away from that in another uncertain market cycle, you know, kind of what did you do? Because I think a lot of people are thinking about this. What, what do I do now? What do I do, you know, kind of over these next couple of years? Um, not that every uh, market downturn is the same, but I think, you know, being resourceful and and uh, just finding a place to to make it work is is probably applicable to every every situation like that. So what did you do um, kind of as as the as the market was recovering? So, you know, we were obviously cold calling. So as an agent, too, I was making calls as well, just trying to get business. And uh, we were really the only ones like in our area to, number one, have a team. And number two, that were really cold calling. We would talk to other agents and like that wasn't really a big thing. And that mm-hmm. that came from us working in the company. We're like, this is what makes things move. You know, this is the action. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of the agents were just lazy. You know, they would come in. Um, they would ask us like, oh, how are you getting all this business? And we would show them, but they would not do it. You know, they were used to coming in and like selling jewelry and like, you know, going out to lunch and stuff like that. And we were just very business minded. Um, so we we then like I wanted to get into new construction. I was always fascinated about that part of the business. So I had cut, done a couple of deals in new construction and uh, worked you know really hard with the builder to kind of put this deal together and manage the buyer. And I showed up and was at the location like a ton of different times and the builder said at that point, he's like, I really like you. I really like how you're making this easy for me as a, as a builder uh, in dealing with the client. And I just felt like, well, wouldn't everybody do this? But that wasn't the case. So he said, I'm, I'm going to give you a listing. So I started working with that builder. Uh, then from there, uh, there was a, uh, I was pulling comps for a buddy of mine who just closed on a commercial property, saw a big per- commercial property, um, parcel of land closed. And uh, we found out it was going to be built new construction, like 15 home subdivision. So uh, we pitched our hearts out to get that. We had never gotten, had a new construction development. So we really didn't know what we were doing. We just knew like the buyers at that point, like we were, you know, uh, late twenties, early thirties, the buyers for that community were going to be in that same age range. It was my demographic. It was my market. It was around the block from where I grew up. Uh, So we pitched our hearts out. And, uh, you know, because of a, a previous relationship with one of my business partners as well, we were able to secure that business. They were ready to give that to another um, uh, broker. And uh, he had been established in the business forever, you know, one of the big time guys. And uh, because of the combination of me working with the top builder in that town, who was really just doing spot lots, mm-hmm. our HR demo, the marketing that we were doing for other clients, we were able to get that business. And then from there, uh, that ended up landing us like our white whale, uh, which is one of the builders that we work with today and pretty much primarily what I mostly do. Uh, he does probably about 50 to 60 builds uh, every single year. Um, and we met him just walking through the open house at that site. I was sitting there one day and I'm a friend, comes in, I'm a friend, you know, I'm not looking to buy, I'm just a friend of the builder, you know, and he was just very humble. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Like nobody else is here. Let me show you like all the models. Let me show you what's going on. And I was very excited to, you know, to, to show him. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I really like you. He's like, I have a house that I'm actually building right now, not far from here. He's like, would you like to come take a look at it? And I said, okay, yeah, let's meet up. And then, you know, lo and behold, you know, he ended up going from spot lots to a bunch of new construction. So, I mean, we were just able to kind of take advantage of business, um, each step along the way. And because of that, we were building some notoriety in town. We had branding um, because we are board team and, you know, we were uh, doing a lot of marketing and advertising. So we had a lot of agents that kind of wanted to come and join us. 
you know, so we grew the team um, from six to I think about 12, probably by 2012. And, uh, you know, that we were like the top team really in, in our area. But again, there wasn't many teams back in the day that were uh, that were working in the business. Now it's like it's a it's a it's a huge thing in this business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it sounds like I mean, I, you know, and I, I didn't I was never a realtor. I don't know exactly all the, the inner workings, but I mean, it sounds like what you're saying you were doing then seemingly other people were not doing but it's kind of like almost like you created the mold because now it's what you know everybody looks at you know cold calling and 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 as marketing as you know kind of the maybe the most important piece of of business and so i think one thing really stuck out to me there too is is in a couple of instances you know what what made you successful or made you you know get these clients was just being easy to work with. And I, I think that gets like, really gets overlooked by a lot of people. You know, you said, you said, you said it perfectly. You're like, well, why wouldn't I do that? You know, th- this guy's like, oh, no, what else is? And it's kind of like, it's sometimes so odd to me that in business, people don't think like, well, how would I want to be treated as a customer of this business and then do that? Right. Like do that as the as the business owner, even if you're not the owner, as the employee of that business, like how are you going to generate more business is by making it a good experience and easy for people to work with you. And it sounds like you just did that probably because that's just your personality and that that results in success. And it's like it's very simple, but people don't do it. It's not it's not commonly, you know, sort of a common path that's followed. So um that's cool. I mean, good for you. And I, I, I just kind of like that message a lot. Just the the ability of to be someone who people just want to work with, and and you know, kind of make it, uh, make it a pleasant experience. Which again sounds so simple, but like it's <laughs> surprisingly lacking. It's purely simple. I mean, I when I was uh, working as a buyer's agent, and you know, really at the top of the company, um, I was telling buyers not to buy houses. I was telling them everything that was wrong with the houses so they could make a, a right decision. And the ability to do that, you know, information consulting, that was able to land me them as a client, you know, because the stats are really, I think it's like 90% of the uh, buyers that see a, a home for the first time, like that's not going to be the house that they buy. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just, it's just numbers. So to me, it wasn't about the house. It was about the person. It wasn't about the sale. It was about the relationship. And if I could build the value of, you know, hey, this house needs this, 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 and this, you know, and now you know it needs about $30,000 worth of work. And I saved you the time and effort and energy to figure that on, or, on on your own to go through the process of a home inspection and the heartbreak of the deal falling apart because the seller doesn't want to make those repairs that you purely could have seen, you know, but most agents don't, they don't really want to do that. They want to just show you what's nice. Like, you know, look at the granite, right? It's like, they know what granite is. That's not a big deal. Um, you know, the, the, Deal killers are obviously when a house doesn't appraise or you run into home inspection issues. So I found if I could find my client the right house, and even if they decided they wanted to buy the house that had the issues, that's fine. They at least knew what those issues were ahead of time, then the deal wasn't falling apart. And if the deal isn't falling apart, then I can be more efficient with my time. And if I'm more efficient with my time, I can go find more buyers that appreciate you know that same energy and then you know do more deals versus... You know, your your chances of getting a, a retained client when a deal falls apart, it's probably about 
you know, because life happens, you know, they might blame you, right? They should always blame you, honestly, because you're the glue for everything. You refer to the mortgage broker a lot of times, the attorney, the home inspector. And if you didn't catch those things or they weren't aware of it, you just wasted their time. You know, so my my focus was I might take it may take me longer to find the buyer the right house, but when I do, that deal's gonna close. Yeah. No, it's 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 great, a great message. And it, it's again, it's really it's just universal across business. You know, here we're talking about being the buyer's agent, but like it's universal across business. It's it, you know cutting corners, skipping steps, that doesn't actually save any time in the long run. It really doesn't. It's that stuff still has to happen. So maybe it saves you a minute or two, but it doesn't, it doesn't put you in a good light. And so I, I just, I, yeah, I love, I love that approach too. And I love that approach to the business and, and, you know, your clients and it, it's ultimately, like you said, it's about them. It's not about, you know, just closing this one transaction and um, ultimately you're, you're, you've increased the likelihood of closing the transactions and at the same time, increase the likelihood that they will come back to you for the next one, refer you to their friends, like all of that stuff. Like you're you're building that long-term relationship that can result in multiple transactions and not trying to just get, you know, one thing done and 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 make a little money here. Like you're you're looking at it from the long term. So I, I love that approach. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's really where the success lies because if you're in the business and you know for 20 years. The most amazing thing is when those clients come back to you and they refer you more clients, you know, and then of course they're going to be clients that are probably more like them, you know, and more like us that kind of, um, you know, will will gel with you and and you can kind of create relationships that are just beyond a transaction. You know, you really go out and you you have a good time together and uh, you know, the transaction doesn't even seem like there's a lot of stress or, or, or effort to it, you know, because everything has just come, it's more natural, um, which is, you know, the success, I think, of of how uh, myself and then my team and and even you know a lot of the agents in the company um, are able to do just more transactions, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just having that mindset or that approach, you know, because again, if you sell that person, you know, a house that's a piece of crap, right? You know, they're not going to be happy about that, you know, when when they find out like oh, and I hear it all the time, oh, my agent pushed me into this, I never should have bought it, you know, mm-hmm. and I come in and educate them, and they know well the next time you're going to make a decision. You're going to have all the information and it's going to be your decision. It's not going to be me pushing you to buy anything. You know, I come in at a, a more of a consult con, uh, consult um, than a sale, you know, and if you go about it that way and th- you know, that's the key because the, the biggest problem is, is this is solely commission-based. So a lot of the realtors feel like I just have to get the next sale so I can move on to the next deal, you know, but that is the absolute wrong mindset, you know, because when those deals do fall apart, you're guaranteed nothing. So all that work and all that effort that you put into it, you didn't do a good enough job, you know, to make sure that that was the right situation for that person. Well, guess what? You know, those you're going to have over and over and over again, you know, those deals fall through. And there's so many agents that have been in this business that just still haven't learned from that. They just hop back on the treadmill and keep going at it the same way and figure, Hey, if I can do 10 or 15 transactions, I can stay in the business, but they're not growing. They're still cold calling to this day. I haven't cold called in like probably eight years, right? My clients cold call me. It's based on referral. I'm doing all this new construction. So that's the part where people don't understand. If you do a good enough job on the front end and build that foundation the right way, 
you're not going to have to worry about business. You know, you're going to turn around and you're going to get an email or DM or phone call. And it's just going to be, you know, that base, that foundation that you built that just keeps on revolving to give you new business. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And it, and especially that's especially apparent now, right? When the, when there's times like now, you know, when there's a market downturn and, and there aren't as many transactions to go around and it's not, you know, where, you know, there's tremendous bidding wars and things like that. Like, like you know, two years ago, it was, it was a lot easier to, to make money in any industry really. Right. Like everything was, everything was booming, but when, when those downturns come, that's when that foundation that you've laid is really going to come into play. Like a lot of places are going to close or you're going to stop, you know, stop being agents or whatever it is, but you're still able to continue because you have uh, a good reputation, a good foundation. You're getting, you know, your referrals and clients, like people are still doing business. People are still buying houses, but not at the rate it was. And so now the people that stood out are the people that are going to get that business. Absolutely. I think it's just, it's a huge, to me, it's just like a huge lesson for people in what, whatever it is in any business, real estate, you know, so you, it's always, it's always a customer service. I don't, I don't like, I don't generally like the saying the customer is always right. Cause I think sometimes that goes to an extreme and people um, allow customers to abuse them or their staff, things like that. But it is always a customer service business. Like every business, it's a customer service business in some way. And if you don't recognize that, it, it's going to be hard to to stay in business or scale and grow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, that mindset, I think, is uh, what sets us apart. And then really the reinvestment, you know, and in, into our company and into our business. You know, we became broker owners just because we were pushing to do uh, a lot of different things in the business that, uh, our broker owner didn't want to really allow us to do because she felt like, Hey, if I let you do this, then it's going to make me look bad in the other offices. And we were like, that's not, that's, it's not, not us. We're problem. taking the risk, right. you know, <laughs> right. like we're going to yeah. hire the transaction coordinator and pay him. We just need you, you know, to, to write the check, you know, we're going to push the money your way. You're going to hold it back. You're going to pay us less, but we just need you to cut the check. That's really it. And, uh, you know, doing things like sign installs, you know, and having somebody to do Matterport and drone, uh, just because we felt that, you know, those, those are things that would benefit at that time, the sellers, and it was more money uh, for us to do it. But we had always like going back to even our Foxton's days, uh, professional photography was always the thing. This is going back to 2003. Now, when we got, you know, into um, the new company, which was Century 21 in 2008, those agents were not doing professional photography and most of the market was not. So I could see them like, wow, this is why the buyers were coming to us because yeah. they just had a better experience. So what we did is the guy that actually trained me to be a buyer's agent, uh, when they wouldn't let me be a buyer's agent, he was the first one. I'm like, let me ride around with you. He ended up being um, a photographer uh, because he couldn't drive around at night anymore because he had a vision issue. So he got into photography and now he's like the biggest um, photography videography company here at the Jersey Shore, he grew up with us. We were his first client and we were doing professional photos. And then we started doing videos and doing drone back in 2009, 2010, when it was a down market, 
you know, when agents were getting out of the business, we still made the effort, even though we weren't really making much money, to make sure that we were spending the money to market and advertise ourselves as the best in the business. And this is what we offer because most agents weren't doing it. So, you know, we're always looking, what's the next cutting edge thing that can give the client an advantage? Obviously now it's like social media is one of the big plays. Uh, So, you know, we've built some different things for the agency to, you know, make sure it's easy for our agents uh, to create some content, um, you know, with their, with their listings. And uh, you know, that's, that's the key. And, and, and even with bidding wars and the market's great and this and that, um, agents still are not reinvesting back or they weren't now this year, because volume is down. Now they're like, Oh my God, I got to do marketing and advertising to try to get the business. And I'm like, it's too late. Right. Those years right. to do that yeah. were 2020 to 2022. If you weren't reinvesting now, it's too late because now you're marketing and advertising. You think you're the only one with that thought. A lot of the other agents are popping their head up and saying, volume's down, I got to do something and doing the same thing. But you guys are now all fighting for 50% less business. Meanwhile, the good years, guess who was getting all that business? The people that were marketing and advertising. Um, So, you know, that's the thing is mindset and and knowing that for the future, you know, because who knows what's going to happen over the next couple of years with the market, you have to know you can't just turn marketing and advertising on and off. You have to commit to it. It's got to be a long-term play. You got to be willing to brand and you've got to be able to lose money. You know, the first years that we were doing something called real marketing, which was a mailer campaign to neighborhoods, just pretty much giving them an overview of everything that's happening in that neighborhood. Uh, not, you know, not a cheap thing to do. It was like 1200 bucks a month, you know, to, to do it to, a, you know, 600, 700 homes, but in a defined area. And it you were lucky to break even with the first year. I was saying, that's fine. I'm just going to keep pushing. As long as I break even, that's fine. I'm having conversations. I know in the future, it's going to just get that much easier than it did. Right. Yeah. Uh, makes total sense. I, I, lo- I love the approach. Uh, I think it's uh, very smart um, overall. And I think it's at, at these market downturns is when it's going to really prove out that just how smart it is. So um, it's great that you've sort of been doing that all along. So, so good. Um, Justin, I'm going to switch gears so I can get to ask you the questions I ask every guest. Um, The first one being based on the name of the show is know your why. So what is your why? What drives you to, you know, sort of continue to grow and succeed? So over the years, it's kind of changed. Um, So I have a son now that's uh, nine going on 10. He has autism, you know, so the why is really to set up his future and uh, everything that I'm doing right now, I know, in 10 years, when he's 19, 20, when he's done with school, you know, I know that I'm going to have to spend more time with him and uh, figure out a way to kind of reinvent myself at that time, you know, because how, how am I going to do real estate and run a real estate company, run a real estate team, you know, and, and have to hang out with my son. And it's not that I have to hang out. I want to hang out uh, with him because I know, you know, school is going to be done with, and I just don't know what that's going to look like. So the plan right now you know, is, is really based upon that. Um, I do a lot of, you know, charity community stuff, you know, that also revolves uh, with special needs for that reason. And, uh, you know, it's not really for, for money, you know, because I've been putting a lot of the money back into the business. We could have taken a lot of money, uh, but, you know, it's to build a, a legacy that's beyond just the company name and uh, a brokerage, you know, reinvesting into uh, properties and buildings and figuring out a way that, you know, potentially I could retire at some point, you know, not have to worry about running around. Um, you know, I grew up and, uh, in, in an area that was, uh, 
it was a you know poor neighborhood, probably one of the poorest neighborhoods in in, in my county, and uh, I've always wanted more, you know, out of life. And again, it's not all necessarily based upon money. Money's a great thing to to make, so you could actually you know help people, and uh, you know the why is really just to to help other people with uh, with special needs, and then also help you know, the agents within the company, you know, build businesses and, and hopefully change their lives as well. Yeah, that's awesome. The, the money's the the money's the tool to, to make the other things that are driving you a, a possibility or a reality. I mean, it's, that's, that's it. It's like, it, it takes money. Ultimately, money has to come from somewhere to pay bills so that you can stay home with your family. Like that's, that's really, you know, or, you know, grow charity and things like that. Like they're, there is some level of money that has to come with that, but it's not, it's, it's, it's purpose-led, I guess is probably the best way to say it. So um, tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, kind of anything uh, to let the listeners know you better. Uh, so recent hobby, uh, buying and selling uh, sports cards. You know, I have weekends oh. off now and uh which is great but my mind you know keeps going 24 7 <laughs> so you know obviously when COVID happened you couldn't really do much you know so we're doing real estate in, in some capacity but that market kind of took off so I always enjoyed sports and uh that was a way for me to get back into the hobby that I had done uh, as a kid and, and, and make some money um I think eventually I want to get back into uh racing so I would you know drag race back uh, as a kid you know legally and illegally <laughs> <laughs> But uh, at some point, I'd like to get back into that. My my son loves driving, and uh, we go on a lot of different car rides. I had to buy a Jeep so I could slow down, you know, so, so worry about getting tickets and, you know, for safety reasons, which is good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to get back into uh, in, into the car realm at, at some point, too, when I have more time. Yeah, that's cool. What uh, Do you have a particular focus in, in cards, or are you just kind of a, across across sports? Uh, basketball, baseball, football, you know, so football is pretty much investing into quarterbacks and, uh, you know, baseball is a lot of the prospecting. So there's, uh, there's some formulas to kind of, you know, make some money. A lot of that is, you know, great grading cards, uh, which is a concept that, uh, came after I got into the hobby as a young kid it really didn't exist. And now it's, no. it's a huge thing. Uh, but that allows you to take a card and, you know, if it creates a 10, you know, you could probably four X your money on it. So understanding what cards to buy and, you know, looking at them and knowing that it's a good card because you have to, there's a cost to grading. Uh, but, you know, that that's what keeps me kind of moving. I, I feel I have ADD, so I have to do something. And, uh, you know, that gives me some time, you know, a couple hours on the weekend here or there where I can just mess around. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so if you go to Justin Bozak, B-O-S-A-K.com, it has all my links to all my social media, email, uh, text, uh, YouTube, everything is there. Okay, cool. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Um, final question for you, Justin. You can kind of take this in whatever direction you want, but basically, um, you know, the question is, what, what piece of advice would you give to someone starting out? And so... I think uh, you can take that in the direction of, you know, starting out in real estate, starting out in business, whatever, you know, whatever you feel um, most, you know, passionate about. Yeah. So starting out in real estate, I'd say um, start with a team, start with somebody that has way more knowledge than you um, and may not have the time that you have, you know, so listening to podcasts is also a great way for you to learn. 
And, uh, you know, that's something I tell my agents all the time. A lot of them don't listen uh, because they're just busy doing whatever they want. But I can tell you a lot of the things that accelerated our business if, from being a team to now a brokerage uh, was learned from different uh, from different podcasts over the years. Uh, if you're looking to be successful in any business, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. Finding somebody that's willing to take the time to maybe mentor you or talk to you, and you have to provide value back to them in some way. So, you know, whether it's, hey, I'm going to intern, work for free, help you do something, you know, to to help your business, but, you know, teach me the ropes. It's got to be something where you're exchanging value uh, with each other uh, and, and be patient, you know, be patient, you know, at the same time, push, but understand like the money doesn't come right away. And, and anything that you do, it takes a couple of years to get off the ground as an entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, I feel like uh, if you have that patience, but you have the mindset of where you want to go in the future and you can look out five years, 10 years, 20 years to where you want to be. But at the same time, knowing that it's going to take a while and you're going to have to suck it up and figure out a way to survive, you know, and one of the biggest things I tell agents that are coming into the, the business now is that make sure you have reserves of like six months to maybe a year for your bills to get off the ground. I do that to, to scare them a little bit. Um, not everybody needs that reserve if you're coming onto a team because I can kind of get you linked up within a couple months to get some deals in your pocket. But it's a it, in real estate, it's commission to commission. You know, there's there's no there's no safety net. And a lot of agents want to have these side jobs or, or do things on the side, you know, but all that is, is delaying your success for the future. If this is what you want to do, you know, you almost have to like cut the cord and just go all in. Uh, but you have to make sure you're with the right team, right mentor uh, before you do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really a great um, sort of mindset to be in too. Like at any time you're going to take that leap into you know, commission-based or entrepreneurial type jobs, you know, start your own business, whatever it is, you, you do want to have some, some financial safety net, you know, whether that's reserves or, or as you said, you know, sometimes people maybe, maybe you're starting a side hustle and you've got a W-2 job, whatever the case may be, you, you got to remember that you probably need money to come from somewhere, but at the same time, like you need to be pretty dedicated to to getting going or it's just going to take twice as long to get to get really established in in whatever the business may be so um yeah su super cool uh listen justin thank you so much for coming on the show today thank you for for sharing everything i, I really i really do love your perspective on you know kind of the, the business and just just being that that person that that people want to do business with because i think that's it's a really underrated um skill you know a personality trait to have so thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing what you did thanks for having me jason this is great yeah awesome and folks listening um i know you're gonna get a lot of value from this episode uh so please like rate and review so we can get more great guests on the show like justin All right have a great day i'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey without a strong why it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential my name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.